Hi everyone, welcome to the series Futures with Fractal Consumer Brands 2025. I'm Sagar Shah, client part of Fractal. Very excited to be here with you. We have been running these episodes of the podcast based on what we have learned from our interdisciplinary study. And today is a very special episode on the roadmap and risks for boards and C-suite. What keeps them up at night? And how do we help them? And with me, I'm honored to have Deb and Greta, the president of PNG for 15 years out of her 30 years stint there. She's also an independent director on four public boards today. She also had an appointment with the State Department through the APAC Business Council, which she chaired in 2011. And luckily, she's also an advisor to Clinic. So hi, Deb. Welcome to the podcast. This is doing fantastic. Thanks for being here. I'm going to ask you straight away. Deb, you sit on so many public boards. So why don't you perspective on what guides public trust and distrust today? Well, I think, you know, public trust is rooted in accountability, transparency, and companies doing what is in the best interest of consumers. Things like safety, quality of products, and reliability and consistency of those products that they use. Now, I also like to look at trust in kind of three buckets. There's the what do they want and what builds trust. But then there's also, you know, perspectives on what they don't trust. And I think increasingly consumers are skeptical of companies because they see a push for profit and they see a push to compensate their leaders over sometimes what is in the best interest of the consumers. And so that's something we need to be careful about. I think they are losing trust in social media as more and more of social media has a paid component. And so consumers are not as comfortable anymore relying on the objectivity of that. And then I think the metaverse and the potential liabilities and privacy concerns related to that is also of concern. When you look at what drives consumer behavior in today's world versus previous worlds um, or previous times, things that they really trust are word of mouth from family and friends. For the most part, they do trust medical professions, professionals. And for some, but sadly not, not all, they trust science. So that's kind of how I think about trust today. Very wise words. Thank you for sharing uh, the uh, I have the pleasure uh, to speak with Pranay Agrawal, the CEO of Fractal.ai, and Dipita Chakrabarti, the Chief Practice Officer, CPG. Pranay, I want to start with you first. From your cross-industry experience, what are the trends 10 years from now that we need to be prepared for? The number one is the, is the rise of the digital data. We have been speaking of digital transformation, and the world has changed completely in the last 15 years. And there is an entire generation of people that don't know how to use print. As an example, their only mode of consumption is digital. We talk of e-commerce, we talk of digital advertising, but with the coming of metaverse, what we are now going to see is an entire generation of people who are going to live digitally. For the previous generation, digital was a means of supporting their real world life. But now we're going to see a set of people who are going to live their life digitally. A large part of their persona, their identity is going to be linked to what they are carrying in the digital world, whether that's social media and then increasingly the metaverse. Their consumption patterns will be defined by that. Where they spend their time will be decided by that. 
how they view themselves will be decided by that and, and what they value will be decided by that. And in this journey, how should companies think about their relevance for this uh, set of people? That's number one. Number two is climate change and the environment. We know it's a big existential risk. And at the same time, it is a massive business risk. It is a risk in terms of our ability to live as a society and, you know, where we'll be able to, uh, how we will live. And then equally, if you think of consumer trends as, you know, people are getting more and more aware of this, how will it impact uh, consumers' uh, consumption and their behavior? Uh, what will companies have to do to uh, protect their uh, supply lines, to protect their, you know, overall business? And what will they have to do to just uh, play their part in, in, in saving the planet? And that's going to dramatically define business. And number three, which is maybe a little bit more than 10 years out, is this whole demographic shift that we are seeing that the global population is going to decline. It is already declining in uh, most parts of Europe. Uh, the decline has started in China, though it is not yet you know, widely publicized. And the U.S. is maintaining or was maintaining due to immigration. But I think U.S. is also set to start declining. And in this world of declining population, where you're going to have more older people, fewer babies, again, who are going to be the consumers? What is going to be relevant? What are we going to produce for them? So I think these are some of the big trends that uh, all companies need to think about with a 10 to 20 year perspective. Fantastic. Thanks, Pranay. That was so uh, unique. Uh, we, we don't think so macro uh, at times, right? Uh, we don't think of 20, 30, 35, 40. Population decline is probably one of the insights which I didn't believe in. Uh, Elon Musk keeps saying that, but I don't believe in it. Uh, but it's interesting to know the, how it will affect business. I'll jump to the next question. I think one for uh, Dipida now. Uh, so Dipida, in your experience with Fortune 100 consumer brands, what would be your advice to them? So in our experience, as we work with the industry today, as we think with the industry for tomorrow, one thing I think everybody talks about is that change is a constant, right? The consumer goods industry of today is going to be very different 10 years from now and is so different from 10 years ago, right? Like Frenet was just saying, um, the factors that will define uh, consumer goods in, the t in 10 years are going to be very different because the people are going to be different, right? And all the factors that Frenet talked about are very relevant um, as we think about as an organization, it's a consumer goods company, right? How do we understand the meaning of all the big initiatives in the organization? And how do we understand it through those specific lenses? What do they mean for the consumer? Are they meaningful for the future consumer? Are they meaningful to the planet? Are they ethically responsible? Are they creating value for the organization and the larger ecosystem? So I, I would say the first change is to look at every initiative and not just think about sales or profits, but really through this new scorecard, which looks at meaning through various lenses, right? The second thing is, as we look at our consumer changing, they're really living digitally, just like Renee said, how do we expand our horizons beyond our immediate category contacts, right? Almost let go of some of them and get to a much more holistic understanding of the consumer. Where are they consuming content? What do they really care for? And most importantly, are there anomalies between what their aspirations are and what their behavior is? 
And I truly believe that the next set of innovation opportunities will be rooted in this analysis. For example, uh, lots of people now care of their outdoor enthusiasts. They care much about the planet. And often, you know, these two are in coincidence. How do we create an entire line of products that are targeted towards these outdoor enthusiasts who also care very much for the planet? For example, a compostable, fully compostable product line, right? So really thinking about innovation in those broader contexts. And the third thing I think goes along with the digital behavior of our future consumers and a lot of it happening today is speed. An organization needs to prepare for speed and operate their business, their entire business, not just their e-commerce business, at the speed of e-commerce, because that is the world of the future. Everything merged in and everything digital, everything is very fast. So where do you start? Let's examine a very simple context. When we launch a new product and the first sale happens, how much time does it take for the product team to know that the first sale has happened? And then how much time does it take to know if a consumer loves that product or perhaps register a negative consumer reaction? How long does the R&D team take to know about that? If we then take the speed lens to our organization and decision setups, it might reveal a vastly different way of operating in order to adapt more to the change that is coming and we might see more organic ways of operating versus silos that we see today, which will make us as organizations more agile and consumer responsive. So those are the three things I would say. Understand what it means for all initiatives in that bigger context. Think of innovation in the larger context. And let's really prepare to operate at the speed of e-commerce for everything. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing, Dipita. Deb, let me go to a little different direction. How many companies today see volatility as an opportunity? Well, I think there's probably a mix, as with all things. Some companies see volatility as an opportunity. Other people see volatility as a source of concern and worry uh, for the company. And, you know, I guess I would step back. And after having led Asia for the better part of seven years, living in Singapore, I became really familiar with the Chinese word for crisis. And I find the, the rooting of that word, which is actually two Chinese characters, one character signifying danger and the other character signifying opportunity. And I think it's a lovely way to think about opportunity is crises, volatility, uncertainty can be a huge opportunity for people to rethink their business model, maybe even rethink their target audience in order to capitalize on those things that are creating uncertainty or volatility in the business environment. You know, when we look at the balance of 2022 and on into 2023, we're going to see a lot of headwinds that are going to be problematic and may create issues for businesses going forward. So what are we, what are we really looking at? You know, we're looking at a worsening macroeconomic environment. And we're, we're also looking at an unstable and uncertain geopolitical outlook. And so that's going to create a lot of headwinds that companies are going to have to deal with, including continued inflationary environment and higher borrowing costs. There's going to be declining consumer confidence, which is going to lead to softening consumer demand. 
There's going to be shifts in consumer spending to essentials like food, beverages, and healthcare, and away from many of the discretionary spends. We can expect post-COVID increases in travel and hospitality as business gets back to work, but we're also going to see a slowdown in home buying and the COVID home improvements that we saw while people were quarantined. I would expect that we're going to see continued supply disruptions from lingering COVID um, disruptions and the ongoing Russia-Ukraine conflict. And all of this is going to lead companies to start to think about cutting back on non-essential spending. And that severity might cut into the meat of some of their programs. So people who provide services, people who provide raw materials, people who provide products to big corporations are also going to see their business negatively affected. And then a little bit to the positive, we're going to see continued digitization of all things, but not likely at the same rate that we saw after COVID. You know, there's some estimates out there that in the two years of sort of serious COVID quarantine, we saw two decades of progress on all things digital. I don't think it's going to keep up necessarily with that pace, but I think we are going to see increasing um, digitization. So that really leads us to what can you do to build your business in the midst of these tough macroeconomic um, situations? And I guess for me, there's three fundamental things that companies and leaders in business should be thinking about. The first is you've got to develop contingency plans. And that means taking immediate actions, both within your company and also as you assess and service other companies and clients to contain costs and slow down non-essential spending. The second thing you can do is to really focus on building productivity. How can you get more with less dollars and maybe even with a more streamlined organization? And then the final thing is going to be that you need to get and stay very focused on a limited set of core growth drivers and plans to support your overall business strategy. And that focus on those efforts should be directly linked to your value creation plan and focused on those things that have the highest potential for business success. This will help you avoid reactionary decision-making that can often result in slowed decision-making and ultimately in share loss to your more proactive and forward-thinking competitors. There was a recent survey done by SBI that looked at um, CEOs feeling about the next, call it six to 18 months. And out of that discussion, a really interesting finding was noted that CEOs and companies who continued to focus on their growth plans, even in light of a worsening situation with COVID, going from 2020 to 2022, those companies that stayed focused on their growth drivers and growth plans had better business results through COVID than those that tried to be more reactionary in their business approach. So then if you step back and you say, okay, there's all this bad stuff that's, you know, we're facing, there's all these really tough problems and uncertainties, and there are serious headwinds that we're all facing. 
what can a company do to kind of grow their business through this period of uncertainty? And, and I would say, you know, it all boils down to those three things that I just mentioned. And that is going to be really important in driving the business. So how do you get there? And I'm going to offer up seven questions that people should be asking themselves and answer, answering as they enter into this tough economic time. The first is, do you have any operating leverage? How can you optimize and streamline your current spending? The second one is, what possibilities do you have for productivity improvements? How can you get more for less? How can you get more out of your existing organization? By thinking smarter. Not necessarily doing more, but doing smarter things. The third thing is to really dig deep and look at, are there any operational commercial or go-to-market costs that can be cut so that you can focus your spending on core businesses and a limited set of growth efforts. The fourth one is to really do some deep dive into your cost benchmarking. How do you benchmark versus best-in-class competition? And if you're not the best-in-class cost producer, then really digging in and looking at, is there something that you can learn from your key competitors, either in your industry or in adjacent industries that might be able to help you optimize your own spending? The fifth thing is to really do a deep dive, looking at what are the investment bets that can deliver outside growth opportunity. And this really speaks to getting focused on those limited core set of growth drivers that have the highest probability for success. Sixth is, are there any possibilities to better build or leverage scale to get cost synergies? This might be accomplished through a divestiture of a business that's not particularly scaled or not particularly helping you get synergies. It could interestingly be through an acquisition to try to build yourself a stronger platform where you may be able to get greater synergies and scale. And then finally, are there any shifts that you can make to your revenue model that are brought on by these tough economic headwinds, particularly a looming recession? Does the recession create any new markets? Would it create any new consumer groups that you might be able to target and grow, go after? Or are there any new adjacent products or services that might be important as businesses try to traverse this uncertain and volatile environment. Wow. I just unleashed a tiger. Thank you so much, Deb. <laughs> uh, the last question for today. So Deb, how will we differentiate the winners? You know, I really think that the winners in business going forward are those that are able to work with this duality of cost containment and productivity enhancements to meet the short-term pressures on the business while still at the same time focusing on a limited number of those growth strategies that are going to drive the business to greatness over the long haul. So anytime you're in a tough macroeconomic environment, you know, what you typically find is companies do one of those two things and both cause problems. So some people will really get into the cost containment um, part of the equation and they'll be cost saving and really 
focused on delivering the short-term business results. But I promise you that they will be um, foregoing and missing big opportunities for growth. And if my 30 years in business have taught me anything, it's that you can't cost save your way to greatness. So, and then there's going to be another group of people that are going to be so focused on the long term that they're they're not going to be as sensitive to short-term delivery. And that isn't going to be good either, because if you're not at least paying some attention and trying to sharpen the saw, so to speak, on the short term, you're not going to have a long term to deal with. So I think the art of growing business in these tough economic times is going to be associated on being able to do two things simultaneously, okay? The old, you got to be able to walk and chew gum at the same time. And I think the companies that find their way in on those that balance are going to be the companies that win. 